In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. In the Christian tradition, pride is considered one of the most grievous of all sins. The prophet Isaiah tells us that Lucifer, better known as Satan, was a great and mighty angel, perhaps the chief of the angels, and in his desire to exalt himself above God, he was cast out of heaven. In comparing pride to other sins, C.S. Lewis says, quote, Unchastity, anger, greed, drunkenness, and all that are mere flea bites in comparison. Pride leads to every other vice. It is the complete anti-God state of mind. End quote. Pride, pride usually does not come in bursts like rage or anger, but it is a slow accumulation of thoughts about how great we think we are. The biblical antidote to this disease is humility. This morning's gospel of the Pharisee and the tax collector could be called a tale of two worshipers. It is a tale that involves two radically different people attempting to do the very same thing, to worship. In ancient Palestine, there were certain days and hours of prayer where the temple was open to the public. So actually getting there did require some effort and planning. In our modern society where church attendance is rather sparse, we believe the fact that we are even showing up is something to celebrate. While it is something to celebrate, the parable teaches us that even the best intentions can lead us astray. The Pharisee is the obviously holy man in Jesus' first century audience. He would be the person you are most comfortable with, the person who you would trust your deepest secrets to, and he was the one whose advice would be the most respected. The other man in our tale is the publican, a Roman government official who is responsible to collect taxes. It's not simply the fact that he collected taxes and since no one likes to pay taxes, he's the bad guy. The publican in the mind of the ancient Jewish people was a co-conspirator with the occupying Roman forces. He was considered to be betraying and cheating his own people. Father Scarlet often mentions that heresy or false belief happens when we abuse or overemphasize a very good aspect of the faith. In this regard, heresy is very subtle. It often goes unnoticed. The same can be said of pride. It can be very subtle, often going unnoticed. Spiritual disciplines such as prayer, fasting, and tithing can and should form us into mature Christians. And these were all the things that the Pharisee was doing. They are routines we should be consciously praying for the power to do. But they can also be the very things that destroy us. From all outward and objective criteria, the Pharisee was a holy man. Then why are we told that it was the tax collector and not the Pharisee who went home justified in the eyes of God. It is because the first step towards a right relationship with God is humility. 
The tax collector had enough self-awareness to see himself in the light of who God is. This takes us back to the two most fundamental theological doctrines, knowledge of God and knowledge of self. The tax collector realized that he had nothing to bring to God, nothing to offer God, except the acknowledgement that he was a sinner looking for mercy. In Orthodox iconography, the Pharisee is depicted as standing right up close to the altar, on the top step, raising his arms fully outstretched towards heaven, where he is thanking God that he is not like all the other bad people in the world. The icon shows the publican standing three steps down on the bottom step, with arms just slightly outstretched, as if he is unsure about the offering of praise he is about to make. He stands in the lower place. He has a sense of humility and openness towards God's will for his life. When we approach God in worship, what is going through our minds? Do we think that because we are not like all the other bad people out in the world, that we have earned a special place in God's house? Do we keep a better record of other people's wrongs than our own? Often we're walking around like the man with a plank of wood in his own eye, working meticulously to gather the splinters out of our neighbor's eye. The liturgy works to form us against false hopes of self-righteousness. Just before the reception of Holy Communion, we pray that we would not presume to come to God's table, trusting in our own righteousness, but rather trusting in God's manifold and great mercies. Our culture has taught us to believe that we are all extra special, that we are all unique, unlike the rest of humanity. This philosophy can serve as a roadblock to humility. At times, we have subconsciously prayed the words of the Pharisee. We've all prayed, O oh God, I thank you that I am not like everyone else. But to move towards Christ-likeness, to move towards humility, we must begin to adopt the prayer of the publican, the man who went home justified, praying, O oh God, have mercy on me, a sinner. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.